0: Welcome, I'm Casado Ballman. Today, my guest is Chef Twee Pham. She joins us from Portland, Oregon. Chef Pham's story is an uplifting one that shows a silver lining in the middle of this pandemic. Chef Pham, I always start by asking, have you eaten yet? And if you have, what did you eat today? We'll get to that in a second because I want to tell just a quick side story. When I contacted you initially, you said, have you eaten yet? Totally reminds me of my mom. So I think it's a great time for me to remind our listeners that the title of this podcast is a common phrase used in Asian culture. It's a greeting. Hello, how are you? It's also like saying, how can I nourish you? And that's what I'm trying to do on this show, using topics as my nourishment. Chef Pham, since you grew up using and hearing this phrase, I'd love for you to touch on its meaning to you. And if you think there's any additional knowledge about the phrase that we should all know about. And of course, we'd love to hear if you eaten <laughs> today and if so,
1: what you ate. Um <clears throat> I think I think that the the phrase for my family and I um and at least like or how my mom uses it, I feel like it's a way for her to obviously show that she's thinking about us. And like I feel like in many cultures where you have families who grow up poor, um, food becomes the most affordable way to show love. And it nourishes your body, but it also tell somebody that hey I'm thinking of you and so just growing up my mom always was just like she'd be like she wouldn't even say hi like when she sees us you know she I'd be like hi mom she's like I need you you know and she'd be like have you eaten yet and I'm like no I haven't even like if you say you have she makes you sit down and eat because it's over food that we always are able to like talk about things you know um And, um, I have eaten, (laughs) uh, um, I, I have eaten today. I have, you know, some fruit, actually dragon fruit. My daughter loves dragon fruit, but she's very particular. She loves the yellow skin dragon fruit because of the sweetness of it. And so I bought a case of it last night and I was cutting it up for her lunch this morning. So I was nibbling on that, but <laughs> that's what I had today.
0: Awesome. And for <laughs> those who have never had dragon fruit, perhaps you want to describe
1: that taste to them. So there's a few varieties of dragon fruit. Um, the one that you probably see often is the red skin dragon fruit. And then inside it's not got the white flesh. Um, that one and the one with the red flesh actually has a very mild sweetness, very high water content. Um, but the yellow ones are incredibly sweet, very high sugar content and a little bit of tartness. It's almost like a cross between like a pear and like a lychee, you know? Um yeah it's it's really hard to put, but but you can really taste like the sugar like content and it and it's 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 uh has a lot of water content, kind of like a watermelon kind of texture to it, and there's like little black seeds in it, but they're delicious
0: <laughs> yeah, seeds included, I love yeah.
1: that <laughs> well,
0: so I think we're just gonna dive in um thank you so much for being here. it's when i heard about your story it provided me some hope you know like it's it's been tough owning a restaurant um going through the ups and downs since march and for once it was just this nice glimmer of shit this woman is doing her thing she is doing something during this difficult time that i don't know if i would have the courage to do that So I want to jump in and time travel back to March 2020 in order to tell your story, Chef Pham. So listeners, it's March now. Let's rewind. COVID hits. At this point, Chef Pham, you are a hairstylist. And all of a sudden, you're not allowed to work. You could look at the downside, but you choose to see the positive. You see opportunity. You say, I have this other passion, cooking Vietnamese vegan food. In idea forms, I'm going to start selling slabs of vegan pork belly to make ends meet. Now, this is a traditional Vietnamese Buddhist recipe that you follow. You learned from watching Buddhist monks make it a temple. To revive your memory, you start watching YouTube cooking videos. You get your recipe down, and Mama Dut is born. And let's break down the name Mama Doot. It's inspired by your daughter. In Vietnamese, dut means to feed. When your daughter was younger, whenever she was hungry, she would say Mama Doot, Mama feed. You registered this business name with the state years ago just to save it. And we're going to get back to that in a second. First week, you announce the vegan belly product on Instagram. At this point, your followers are pretty much your hair clientele. But word spreads beyond them, and you get more than 100 orders. From there, you start a pop-up serving Vietnamese dishes that highlight your vegan belly product. And from there, you open a restaurant. All of this in less than one year. Full circle moment doesn't fully do your story justice. Growing up, you were a Vietnamese refugee here in the 80s. You never felt truly comfortable celebrating your food heritage. Now you're a chef leading a kitchen at a restaurant that you own. Your restaurant and entire brand celebrates your food culture, and your daughter is watching all of this unfold. Now, personally, I believe in setting intentions and the importance of putting energy out there. You registered this business name years ago. Something in you knew to do that. To me, honestly, you're you're just such a rad rebel by starting this business as so many restaurants are closing during this pandemic. And I say that as a woman who owns and runs a restaurant daily like you. So I'm gonna give you a two-part question here. Do you see this all unfolding and aligning in a pretty amazing way? Or do you think it's just luck being in the right place at the right time? And also looking back at young Thuy fam back in the '80s, the girl that wasn't so comfortable embracing her food heritage, what would you say to her now?
1: Well, <clears throat> I um, I think it's I think what's gotten me here is honestly like a combination of luck <laughs> and and I, I think also serendipitous events. And um, I think also a certain freedom that COVID had allowed me to have in the food world. You know, when things shut down, so many businesses had to pivot and change their model. And it's like a freight train. When you have like a freight train going, running smoothly and operationally, it's really hard to stop that freight train on a dime and change courses. And I think that was what was happening with a lot of businesses in the food businesses. Um, Whereas my, I was fortunate to kind of start off during COVID. So I'm essentially had the freedom to model my business after the restrictions that the pandemic had, you know, um, that occurred during the pandemic. So, um, I felt that like, because of that, I, I, you know, I, I had a certain momentum and honestly, it was just, A lot of it, I feel like, is just really luck. I feel like I get too much credit from folks about, like, starting this thing with Mama Dude. I I, had—I was scared shitless. (laughs) I have a kid. I'm a single mom. I have her 100% of the time. I had no way of figuring out—I had enough money to maybe get me through, like, a couple months— and that's it, you know, and at that time, I didn't know if I was going to get unemployment. So like, honestly, what drove me was like, n- the need, it was survival, like, <laughs> it was pure survival, trying to like, make it through. And I was just lucky and blessed to like, have people who wanted my product, you know, I, I don't. I would, I don't want to take credit for like having this brilliant idea for mama do. And this is what I was going to do because that was not it at all. I think honestly, like 90% of it was just me trying to survive.
0: And I think that's what comes through the (laughs) authenticity. You know what I mean? Like survival comes through when you are truly not pleading, but you're telling your story. You're on IG live. You're saying, this is what I've come up with. And and it's just coming through as honest and real, and I think maybe people felt that.
1: Thank you. Yeah, I hope so. I that's I, that's all I ever want to be um, is to be real and transparent. Um, and then I think as far as like what I would tell that little girl <laughs> would be, you know, that the trauma and pain will. Be a tool for your success in the future you know and it's not for nothing you know the lessons that we learn as children you know and our ability to overcome them and it, it, it is something that we can use to you know be tenacious about our lives and um You know, I always think that, like, you know, (laughs) honestly, like, I know that if I work hard, that, you know, I will survive. And I don't think that I would have felt like that if I hadn't gone through the trauma that I had gone through as a child. And so I think it's important for us when we're in that trauma to understand that, like, you know, this trauma can be a really strengthening and teaching less, you know, moment for us. Um, a thousand percent. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> well, it was interesting when I researched Mama Dude, one thing that stood out to me was the collaborations that you highlight on your menu The coffee you serve comes from your friend's single origin coffee company, a company (coughs) that was also started during this pandemic. You offer a Vietnamese coffee cheesecake. This collaboration links you to a local cheesecake company. But in that cake, they also use your friend's coffee beans. Also on the menu are coffee popsicles from a local Indian popsicle company. There's a mango sour mamadut beer in collaboration with a local brewery plus local wine from women and Black-owned wineries. I'm going to hit you with another two-part question here. Is this just who you are and part of your vision? Or during COVID, with all the closures, are collaborations important now more than ever for the survival of Portland's foodscape? And generally speaking, would you consider Portland a city of collaborations when it comes to restaurants? I've heard others talk about how Portland is oversaturated with restaurants. Is there a restaurant bubble? And if so, is it about to pop?
1: Um, wow. Um. I, you know, I, I really didn't, honestly, again, I feel like there was not a lot of like like I didn't, it wasn't like a coordinated plan that I was going to go through and do all these collaborations. You know, I happened to start off renting space from a community kitchen, a commissary kitchen where I met other food makers and, you know, people inspire me. Um, People's creativity inspires me. And I don't think that I would have Mama Dude if it wasn't for um, meeting these folks in the food world and seeing what they do with their craft and having that inspire me and giving me confidence with my craft. And um, so when things and people inspire me, I feel like it's only appropriate to, you know, work on a project and it really just was a matter of like, oh my God, I love what you do. Can we do something together? And the response has been like overwhelmingly positive. Um, It was honestly, I think a little bit selfishly, my selfish, you know, fulfilling my selfish want of like just wanting to like make something cool just make cool shit with people who inspire me, you know? And, and that was just kind of like something fun. And it just ended up being like this thing that, you know, the community really liked. And I, I feel like as creators um, in the culinary world, you know, we're constantly evolving you know, um, or at least I hope I, I hope that I constantly evolve, you know? Um, and I think that my evolution is my personal relationships that I build and create with other creators and the dialogue that I have with other creators about ideas and stuff. And
0: it doesn't always happen though. You know, you'd be surprised in And and so that's why it pulled to me because I do notice it from what I read about Portland and and I haven't been, um, I look forward to coming sometime, but, um, is this something that you see a lot happening in Portland? To
1: be honest with you, I, I, I'm so new to the culinary world. I don't, and I came in at a moment where things were just completely changing. And so it's, I can only speak from my perspective and experience, but like from my experience, um, when I've reached out to makers and have asked like, hey, I'm so-and-so and and I love your product. It's so good. Can we do something together? Like they're always like, yeah, let's do it. And yeah, how do we make it? That sounds fun. Um, And I I think it's just a matter of like, asking and I I hope that people see that I genuinely just like you know just am inspired by them and that's why I want to work with them you know
0: and I think you touched on this is a very unique time during mm-hmm. COVID so I think you're right it's this uniqueness and kind of all the rules are out of the yeah. window and mm-hmm. And everyone's open to trying whatever to yeah. survive.
1: Restaurant? Yeah, absolutely. And I think uh, I, I think people, especially in the food world, are reflecting more on their craft. And, you know, I think there's space. I think there is space for everybody. Um, but I also think that you have to be intentional of who you are as a business because people want to know people want to know what you stand for and I see a lot of like you know across the nation honestly in the in the food world and various industries where you know businesses are getting a lot of backlash for past you know um You know, discrepancies and past, you know, mistakes. And I feel like I'm coming in again in a time where I have this freedom to create a brand exactly how I want it. Um, And so I think the only intentional thing that I really had with Mama Dude was the fact that I wanted to make sure that my customer base and the people I worked with understood who and what I stood for you know on a social level on a human level you know Um, and I think that being able to be my authentic self and then having a safe space you know I'm incredibly thankful this community has given me a very safe space to be you know the mama dude that I wanted to be you know um and so I I I hope that I can always be that kind of business that they can support like and feel good supporting you know because it's not just about food you know when your business in the community, it's also about what you're bringing to the community as well. And I hope people understand that, like, I think about that every day when I'm in business. It's like, okay, I'm here doing business and, you know, getting, you know, being able to live my dream, essentially, um, in a neighborhood, in an area of the city that I, I never knew I could even afford to, like, be in, so like I think about how I can pay that energy back into the community that I'm taking up space in, you know, and like, I feel really lucky to be able to like have the freedom to ha- to, to to be able to do that, um, and I feel like the collaborations that I've done with people and like the discussions that I have I've had and the dialogue that I've had I feel like you know the, the culinary community here is very supportive and, and very uplifting. Um, but you know, that, that is again, just my personal experience in a very like, like random moment in time, (laughs) you know? So,
0: yeah. So often as restaurant owners, many, not all, but many, feel that we can't totally show who we are and what we stand for. There's always an awareness about the bottom line. I'll give you an example. My restaurant is in New York on Long Island. A brewery here in Montauk had a Black Lives Matter sign outside for one day and posted it on Instagram. From there, one police officer, not even a local one, started a Facebook group and an online petition to boycott them. Tens of thousands of people were in this group and started trolling their Instagram account. They ended up issuing a statement and basically apologizing for putting a Black Lives Matter sign up at their brewery because of all the backlash. Again, this is a recurring theme in this interview. To me, you are a rad rebel. You want people to know what you stand for, backlash or not, Mama supports the Black Lives Matter movement, supports ending food injustice and food apartheid. And I even noticed and really appreciated that on your Instagram page for your location, it says unseated Chinook land. You're showing respect for the Chinook tribe and recognize their relationship to the land, a.k.a. the Portland area. As a woman of color, I want to thank you for being transparent and fearless about what you stand for. Has this always been who you are? And if so,
1: why is social justice important to you? I think it's, it's always been who I am. I've always believed in these issues. I've always believed in these issues. I remember being like 11 or 12, like 11 years old. I grew up in Southern California area, and um, just a stone's throw from LA County, actually. Um, And I grew up in the age of Rodney King and the riots down in LA in the 90s. Um, I remember very vividly um, being a child, being a kid, and watching the news and watching this video, by the way. And growing up, I grew up in a in a rough neighborhood, mostly Mexican immigrants, honestly, um, poor as F. <laughs> but we had great tamales <laughs> and great food. That's right. But, you know, like I saw a lot of the issues that, you know, policing had in, you know, marginalized communities. And I remember watching the video and thinking wow they finally got this on video because we all knew shit like that happened it was just like at least like everybody in my hood knew you know mm-hmm. But it was like for the first time, because you have to think, this is like in the 90s. So for like, we were like thinking, oh my God, for the first, I at least was thinking for the first time, we have this on video. This is hard car proof. You can't deny. Like that's, your eyes are seeing it. These cops are going to pay for it. Things are going to change. I really, I believed as a kid, things are going to change. And of course, we all know things didn't. You mm-hmm. know, my dad had a furniture store in Long Beach when the riots happened and that got All damaged. And even through it all, honestly, like I wanted, I I felt the pain as a kid. And I could totally understand why people were upset because I was upset because I thought it was going to change. And it didn't. It didn't. And in some ways, things got worse. Things got worse. And
0: you kept an awareness of this all throughout your adulthood.
1: I think my experiences growing up and the people that I met and befriended built on that. Um, I spent years of my life with a partner who was Yakima Nation and would spend time on the reservation with him and his family. And it's, it's very hard to deny with your own eyes the oppression and the systematic racism that happens in our system. Um, So it's something that's always been like, um, in me who I, what I believed in. And I've never been as vocal about it as I am now, because I feel like I have a safe space to talk about these issues. And I feel like I have a responsibility being a woman of color in the community to speak about these issues that affect my own people, my own community. We can't ignore that. It's an injustice if I don't. It's my responsibility. And I don't... And. I'm fortunate to have the freedom to come in as a new business and set these guidelines. It's like, I don't want your business if you don't believe, if you're not okay with me saying all these things. This is me. This is who I am. And if you don't agree with it, that's fine. You have the choice to to be my customer. I don't want ever five, 10 years down the road, you know, when I throw up like, a cab signs that you know customers are going to get upset over it i'm going to be like no you knew who i was <laughs> you know when you started buying my food and honestly like i can't live with myself if at the end of the day like i just can't live with myself if if i didn't <sighs> Say, ta- and talk about these issues that are important, because I feel like it only takes. Hopefully, if I if I can inspire, if my if me speaking up can inspire just one person to then speak up, then I've done my job. You know, yeah. because it's continuing the dialogue, it's talking about it. I don't believe that any of the systematic racism in our country is going to end in my lifetime. That's a God honest truth. I don't believe it. I believe that it will end, but I think the only way it will end is for us to talk about it and educate, educate ourselves, educate the next generation and be open to having the dialogue. You know, like, I don't don't know if what I'm doing is right. I don't know if it's the right thing. I don't know if it's gonna make a difference. I hope it does. Um but my intent is for it to and if it's not then I hope that like someone can teach me or, or or I can learn a better way. You know.
0: I I think you're doing the right thing. <laughs> I I thank you um you know l- like you. I I could tell you plenty of stories, you know, growing up being called the n-word. Like those things stick with you. Mm-hmm. Until this day, you know, at thirty-seven, it is with me. Absolutely. (laughs) You know, so thank you. You know, thank you for being radical in some people's (laughs) eyes, but I just see it as being real and providing education. And and you have a platform. Mm -hmm. So thank you. Thanks, Chef Bam. Already, we've been emotional this interview. <laughs> but we're nearing the end. And I I want to kind of understand you and Portland and where you see all of that going. Um, what's the one thing that people should know about when it comes to the food scene in Portland right now? And also one thing that you are trying to accomplish in that scene?
1: I think the one thing that, People should really know about the Portland Food scene. It is and full of passionate and talented people. i I never knew what hard work was until I watched these people like work, honestly. it is motivating. Um, you know, my friend Aaron over ferment her and, my friend Odie over at Boxcar and Baby Blue, like, you know, Val over at My Name. I mean, the entire food community here is has come together to, like, continue to provide, like, locally handcrafted food. It's not stuff that's coming out of boxes. Like, we have people, who, like, making their own cheeses making sauce fermenting things for days and weeks and months and they're doing it on with so many restrictions on them i think like if you have like if you have any way to support like the makers here in portland like please do so you know follow them on instagram like buy gift cards order, take out, like everybody. I, I I can't stress enough, like how hard these people work. Like I, it's, it's incredibly inspiring and motivating. And it just makes me so thankful to like have this opportunity. And it's like, it makes me realize that I cannot squander this. Like these people have taught me so much. So I just, there's so much talent here and like you know, just come support us and everybody here.
0: <laughs> and what are you trying to accomplish in that scene? What should people know, know about when it comes, when they think Tweefam Mama Dute, what is she trying to do in Portland?
1: What I'm trying to do in Portland is just, I think honestly to bring love and awareness, you know, to my space. I, I hope, that you know w- we can always approach things with some compassion. Um it's a it's a time where everybody needs it right now. <laughs> We're all under a lot of stress. And I hope that you know that will translate to like good food. And you know, I hope that people think of Mama Do as like you know a space that's safe for everyone to be in and to be their authentic self you know i i want to be a, an uplifting brand for like authenticity and you know realness um you know i i, I think that <laughs> that sums it up yeah. to me i think it you.
0: <laughs> i don't know well, Well, Chef Pam, thank you for sharing your story with us. I like ending by asking if there's any takeaway that you'd like to leave with listeners that can positively influence their lives. It could be something that we just discussed, a pro tip or general life advice that you live by.
1: I think the best thing I can tell people is that even in the darkest times, you got to remember that it's only a moment in your life.
0: Ain't that the truth? <laughs> wow. I mean, that sums up everything. Yeah. We think when we're in that dark time, we can't get out. There's no way out. And then you look back, it ends, and you're like, that was a year
1: ago? Yeah.
0: It feels like 10,000 years ago. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Such a good reminder for people. Chef fam, where can people follow you?
1: Um, On Instagram is probably the best way um, to follow me, which is at mama, M-A-M-A dot dut, D-U-T dot foods, F-O-O-D-S. You can also find me on my website at www.mamadutfoods.com. Um, but I'll have the most up-to-date information um on my Instagram. <laughs> Perfect. Well, thanks
0: for listening. And if you haven't already, subscribe to Have You Eaten Yet, wherever you get your podcast.